Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we are two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would. At a tailgate, in the backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Talking Dogs podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Clint. Clint, we got a really full slate today. We're going to dive into the upcoming season. We're going to talk about the team. Uh, 2017 is behind us. We have cathartically dumped it, flushed it in the proverbial toilet that where it belongs. How do you feel? Daniel, I feel so good. I think even to the point, here's what I feel most excited about. You let me know that you watched the spring game because I had watched it live or recorded an hour. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you are now in the same boat as many of us watching the spring game. I jumped on boy. I shared last week. By the way, if just as a public service announcement, if you're listening to this and you have not yet gone through the five stages of processing grief with us, just pause this episode right now. Go back to episode one. There is healing out there for you. There, there is. is. You need the, it, by the way. We if found, you don't think you need it. We found it. You can find it, too. So now that you're back and you have healed from the 2017 National Championship game, I did. I watched the spring game. I couldn't bring myself to do it before now, but I finally did. Uh, not a ton of takeaways. And Jake Fromm played like a middle school girl most of the game. My major takeaway is that Bob Wischusen, who is not at the top of anybody's list for favorite broadcasters, unless you're watching Big Ten basketball, Mm -hmm. uh, Bob Wischusen is the self-appointed president of the Justin Fields Fangirl Club. I mean, that guy... (laughs) Pulling on the horn of the train harder than he has done anything else in his life. Wow. Really ringing the bell. For Justin Fields, every time he even remotely moved his feet, talked about the elite athleticism. Which, elite. Come on. Come on, Bob. You just read the it, 24-7 sports five-star and just went crazy. That's all you did. He, that was all Walking you, into the booth, he talked to what he assumed was somebody else. It turns out Justin Fields' mom <laughs> was at the spring practice. Right spring game and right. talking him up. He believed that to be Kirby Smart. Right. <laughs> it's Bob was using, so it's he's not <laughs> he's not all all there. But spring game has been consumed. I have a plan to systematically and methodically as I regularly do between now and the beginning of the season, watch rewatch every game except the games we lost uh, from go. last year. And so Where do you uh, start by the way? What game do you do chronologically or I will typically go chronologically. I will skip the kind of the boring cupcakes, you know, and I'll I'll kind of I will really land heavy. I'll, I'll watch. I mean, I'll just tell you, this year I'll watch the Tennessee game at least three times between now and the oh. beginning of the season because my son, by the way, still comes up to me and says, "Dad, remember when we beat Tennessee forty-one to nothing?" And I say, yes, I do, son. Yes, I do. So, I, uh, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot to happen between now and the beginning of the season. But we'll get into all that as we move forward. Hopefully, you're ready to look ahead just like I am. But before we do that, before we get too far into next season, I want to introduce a new segment on the podcast that I like to call Dumb Stuff We Read on the Internet. There's dumb stuff on there's the Internet. Every day, Everyone. there's Every it's impossible. The you can find it. It's impossible to report all the dumb stuff that you read on the internet. But hit me with something, Clint. Hit me with something. Du- no, you know what? I want to go first because I know what you're going to you say, wanna... and it's and it's so dumb. It's <laughs> and so, so dumb. I the wa- thing that I have waiting. Just if you're listening, please be aware 
that I am about to. I have the name of the gentleman, and, and if it's offensively if you know dumb, this gentleman, it's offensively dumb. So I'm I'm not I'm not attacking this individual. I am attacking his work. I'm not saying he's a bad person. I am saying this work. You're saying he's bad. terrible at his job, and uh, should never continue I, to do his job again. But you're not attacking uh, him. You want to be clear. I'm not attacking him <laughs> as a person. Just to be clear. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Just everything he does the, and is and thinks. Yes. Yes. But not him. But I'm very excited for what you have. Uh. Well, I. Yeah. I. I saw a couple dumb things on the internet, um, mainly from a site called College Football News. Are you familiar with College Football News? It's a little bit of an under-the-radar college football site, I feel like, but it's, it's gold. So I want to be clear in my disclaimer, this is normally a very respectable site. If you've never given College Football News the time of day, you really should. It's a great alternative to a lot of the mass-produced national media that's out there. Um, I usually enjoy their... They've got great team previews. They've got great Mm -hmm. weekly game previews. They preview every big game of every week, including score predictions and why. They've got great summaries that they do after games like weekend roundup-type articles. Always a good read on college football news. Right now, or... In the last few weeks, they've just finished up a series of articles where they've been going position by position and putting out a list of the top 30 college football players in the country at every position. Have you seen this list? Have you been on College Football News to see this? I have, I have seen snippets of this. I have not dived, dove straight into it very, very deep. Two positions in particular stood out to me, and I want to bring them up. First, I want to ask you a question. If you were to say... The position group yeah. at UGA that you feel like has a chance to be the real strength mm-hmm. and anchor of the team. What would you say that it is? Uh, well, I, my my love of the O line is well documented, so I love the O line. I, I would start there. I, I, running back uh, now, wide receiver. Um, all right, well, I get it. You like Georgia football. We don't have to go. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. Okay. You okay. had it at O line. I, I had it at O line. Okay, good. It's well documented that we've been recruiting like crazy at the O line. We've got four out of five returning starters at the O line from an O line that I think played pretty well last year on the whole. A lot of young talent, a lot of new players. Uh, college football news. Two articles. One was the offensive tackle position, and one was the guard center position, which they've combined into one group. 30 players in each list, which means if you go read these two articles, you'll find the names of 60 total players. A lot of guys. Not one single name from the University of Georgia on either list. Not one. No. Andrew Thomas. Full season starter as a true freshman in the SEC at right tackle. Now moving over to left tackle on a national championship contending team in the Southeastern Conference. Started the entire year. Not even number 30 on the list. Lamont Gilliard. Three year starter at center. Bully. literally bulldozed the entire University of Oklahoma student section back onto the bus. The absolute. Not on the list. No. I could, I would tell you some of the names that were on the list. I went to look to write down some of the names that were on the list, but there's really no need because you've never heard of any of these people because they're grad transfers playing at Syracuse University, Clint. That's that's who they are. You you, you stop it. At the University of it. Memphis. We're not talking about Jim Beheim's Syracuse University. We're talking about Lovey Smith's Syracuse University. It's this embarrassing. Is, this is. Um, it's embarrassing. I am. I'm flabbergasted. Really, really am. As you should be. Uh, have we thought about the idea that it was a plant? To make some bulletin board material Kirby. for somebody. Kirby. Anytime Kirby I see something genius. like this, I think, Kirby's in on this. 
Kirby's in on this. Whoever right. runs the evil Mel Tucker Twitter account had something yes. to do with this. You know that he did. You know that I he did. I... No, it's insane. Just to piggyback off this, the media last week at SEC Media Days released their all SEC teams. Did you see this? Not one single offensive player from the University of Georgia on the first team. Is the offense going to be any good this year, Clint? I mean, we're going to get to the team preview in a second, but is the offense going to be any good? Were we good last year? Did we go up against top-ranked defenses Hmm. and, and perform well on national stage against what was told to me to be the Iron Curtain of all defenses? Not one single offensive player. On the first team. Not an offensive lineman, not a wide receiver, not DeAndre Swift, not Jake Fromm, not one you know, single offensive here's player. I, I'm, I'm becoming more and more convinced. I'm just know. convinced every single day of things like this because my dumb stuff I found on the internet. Here is my, Daniel, if I could tell you dumb stuff I found on the internet, let me tell you. Um, uh, Please. Athlon Sports came out, and this gentleman, I, I had to get his name because I had to make sure I gave him credit. Steve Lason. <laughs> Steve Lason. Athlon Sports. From Athlon this Sports. This was on Bleacher Report. Athlon Sports, respected, respected. publication. Daniel, they, I mean, they have, they have national prestige to them. Yeah, I love the season it's preview great. magazine. The magazine it's is great. fantastic. It's great reading. He put out a top 100 list of the best coaches in America at college football right now. Okay. Now, Wowzers. the top three. I want to give him credit. He he got the top three. Okay, I'm going to list these to you. Okay. Uh, how are you not going to get the top how you, three? How are you going to blow this? So he's... I'm, there's... Yeah. You, you've seen this. I, I sent this to you. So uh, it's, yeah. it's Saban, it's Urban, and it's Dabo. And so, hey, you know what? I'm not going to fight you. They're solid. It's, indis- it's it indisputable. These guys have been on the stage, have won the big games time and time again, have recruited. It, it, okay, I'm with you. But then I want, starting at four, he loses his, his mind. Daniel, he just, he, he forgets what he's doing, or he is in fact married <laughs> to this man's daughter. And that is number four of the entire nation, Chris Peterson of the University of Washington. <laughs> Daniel, how old is Chris Peterson's daughter? I don't, I don't know. I have no clue. That's, that's, that's a weird. That's, I'm, that's I'm a, not gonna. You know what I'm not gonna do? We're not, not gonna figure that out. Um, no. There are too many. No. Too many of those people in the world that are uh, tracking down weird things. No, you're not looking to Google Chris Peterson's daughter at any, at any point, point in, my life. in your life. Just just in case he even <laughs> yeah. has a daughter. No, Who I, in the I world no knows? Clue. But um, Chris Peterson. By the way, uh, how many national championships has Chris Peterson won in his time? As a head coach, but one time they did that trick did. play in they the did. Fiesta Bowl. That one time, the one, but time, one time, that Clint, and he proposed to his girlfriend. That was a different guy, not Chris Peterson, but still, Chris heavily influenced it by sank into my heart. Chris I mean, Peterson. He, he wormed his way into my heart with that proposal. One time we wore the dumbest jerseys in the oh history gosh. of football. You are in that game, just. <laughs> Don't don't talk to me if you have anything positive to no, say about those no, jerseys, no. because I can't. Anytime I hear the name Chris Peterson, I think about Just those jerseys. Just so you guys know, um, Daniel is a grumpy old man, just as cranky as they come. Uh, get used get to it. Get used people. to it. Okay, so so Chris Peterson, I literally oh. have no empirical evidence whatsoever. I have no subjective or objective evidence to point that he is the fourth best coach in the nation. No clue. In the nation. Okay. But surely the list gets better from there, Clint. Surely Surely it takes an uptick. Surely the man comes to his senses. I just just highlighted some more. Number six, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo, Jimbo, I don't have a winning record against anybody better than me, Fisher. I. Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher. Number six. Sixth best coach in the nation. As bad as Jimbo Fisher is, he does have a national title. Does he not? He does. Chris he, Peterson. He, I, does not. Chris Peterson over there. Oh, but Jimbo. Ain't there. Golly. Uh, okay. Now, number nine. Gosh. We're all the I way down to nine this, now. Yeah, I, I, I skipped over a few. 
number nine, I don't know how not winning your conference gets you in the top ten. How how just saying I should be good, my team should win, but we're not going to. Jim Harbaugh Stop. is the ninth best college football Stop coach it. in the nation. Nope. We're, nope. Not Jim there. Harbaugh yeah. had a heck of a run with the San Francisco 49ers. Did he ever? If you want to talk about best coaches that used to coach in the NFL and now coach in college football, Jim Harbaugh one time beat USC on a Thursday night in that one game that time when he was at Stanford. Yep. And one time he had a very weird, I don't know how the sideline run happened as seconds counted off the game to win on an improbable run that should have never probably happened. I remember that, too. That was great. Good for him. I have yet to see him win anything significant. Three years in Michigan, and he has he has absolutely belly flopped all three of those years. 100%. I mean, if this was best to a guy. He may get fired this year if they go eight and five. He yeah. may get fired. Yeah. And he's in the top ten coaches. Top ten. In the United States of America? Not even not even within his own conference. In the entire nation. All right, number 11, Chip Kelly. So this is the guy that hasn't coached in, what are we talking about, six years now? He hasn't coached Something in like college that. in like six years. Is Herm yeah. Edwards on the list, by the way? Uh, Give Herm, me. Edwards, <laughs> Herm Edwards was on the top 100 list. Does he, he crack the top, the top 25, though? Uh, no, he doesn't. He's, he's uh, somewhere near 95, I think. Somewhere, somewhere still there. too I, high. How many programs are there in the country? Because <laughs> Herm is still trying to figure out why the fax machine isn't working. Um, so Chip Kelly, Chip number Kelly, 11. Chip Kelly, number 11. Yep. Now, here's um, the thing, Clint. Yep. I'm assuming... I don't know how many more of these you have to read off. I'm assuming... That you've just bypassed Kirby Smart by this point, uh, and we, you're you're well, withholding that information from us, or? Well, I I want to just say I I, I was going to withhold it, but I think now it's we probably shouldn't. I was going to say um, the worst. I was going to give you the worst coaches in the SEC and the best coaches in the SEC. Because I'm going to start to get heated the more and more I think that the names that you're saying are ranked ahead of Kirby Smart. Okay. Here's the th- um, that's the thing is I might punch my computer if you say yeah. that Chip Kelly okay. is rated higher uh, than Kirby then, Smart. Then, then let me stop you. I, I'll I'll stop the tension. Kirby okay. Smart is tenth on this list, so he has one ahead of Chip Kelly. But one behind Jim Harbaugh, to be clear. One behind Jim Harbaugh. Guy takes in his second year team to national championship in the SEC, and he still is behind Jim Harbaugh. But it's only his second year, Clint. Uh, that's it's true. Only, he hasn't proven only himself. Second year. Jim's proven himself to be who we know he Could was. Could be a flash in the pan. Jim can win eight games every year. Every G- year. Jim Harbaugh and Mark Richt. He can win eight Harbaugh, games man. every year. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Oh, so, uh, I, here, let me let me finish with a couple more. Right, I give me, think. Give me some. Give me some highlights on this uh, list. These are the other ones that I think are well. Number sixteen. Huh, I don't know how he's even on this list. Bobby, I am riding my motorcycle to Louisville. I, I, I have no oh, clue no. how he's at 16. I, oh, no. Road rash on the I face. Have no clue Petrino. How he's at 16. Uh, but there he is. So uh, those are the list of people that I think are way too high. Here are the people that I think are way too low. And the dumbest thing I read on the internet this week. Number 22 is Chris at Wisconsin. I don't know how he's the 26, 22nd best coach. He needs to be much higher than that. Certainly higher than Bobby Petrino. Just yeah. How in the world is he twenty second? He's a much better coach. Uh, much it gets worse. Twenty three is Frost at Nebraska. How in the world oh. do you take Auburn on with a team at UCF, Central Florida, with no blue chippers, and you take down Auburn, and you're not in the top ten? I promise you, he wouldn't say that to Scott Frost's face. No, he would not. I promise. Because, because, <laughs> because. I'll tell you this right now, Scott Frost is is out cleaning a lot of his own players right now. <laughs> a lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> Them forearms are no joke. That's no joke. Uh, and then number thirty-two is uh, you and I talked about this when Florida had their vacancy. 
you told me this man was scary to you about the possibility of being hired because how he's turned this program around. Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Oh, yeah. He's 32? 32. That's the worst one you've sent so far. That, that is dumber than Chris Peterson and Jimbo Fisher combined. That is dumb. That is... Number, number 32. That's dumber than dumb. Uh, I'll, I'll finish off with this. Worst, worst coaches in the SEC, according to this, Matt Luke, Jeremy Pruitt, and our boy Mason at Vanderbilt. Are the I would have said three. Mason at Vanderbilt for sure. I guess Matt Luke because he's never done anything. Right. Uh, I can't believe Jeremy Pruitt does, is not getting some love. Yeah. He once shared a cup of coffee with Nick Saban. Surely he's a good coach. He did. He's carried a, a binder or two for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, then, sure and then, of course, the best uh, coaches on the list. The top two are, are Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. At least there's not another SEC coach ahead of Kirby Smart. No. Thank you. Wait. You said Wait. Jimbo Fisher. I did Jimbo say Jimbo Fisher. Fisher. He's, at, he's Texas at A&M. A&M. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. He's the third best coach in the SEC. Somebody tell him. That's stupid. Gosh, how little do you think he cares about this list on the scale? Oh, he did not care at all. He one to ten million. Uh, quick little bonus follow-up question for you. Who is your? Because I knew you were going to bring this up. Who is your favorite coach at Georgia, not named Kirby Smart? Mel Tucker. Wow. You said Sorry, that so I, fast. I did say that so fast. And you fast. didn't say the name that you should have said. <laughs> <laughs> you said it so fast and so wrong. No. Mel no. Tucker, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, uh, you are, I think you're fantastic. He is. But but that's not who you should have said. Uh, I'm not going to say the name that I should have said either. I'm going to go off the radar, and I'm going to say my favorite coach at Georgia, I threw a little tri- trick question to myself. My favorite coach at Georgia, not named Kirby Smart, is Tom Crean. Clint. Stop. It's Tom Crean. Stop. Oh, my gosh. Just so you, oh. just so you guys know, uh, this is Daniel's seating. This is so perfect. I, I actually I need to give you a round of applause. That was, that was phenomenal. I've never I seen found a way so to work that smoothly. in. You did. You thought I was going to say Del McGee, which how did I you did. not say Del McGee, by the way? I'm uh, sorry. If you, I, I, there's... There's something special in my heart for Mel Tucker. I don't know. Look, I didn't say who would win in staring contests. Oh. Oh. I said who's the best coach. I thought you said who scares the tar out of you. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. Uh, Tom Crane, Clint, you're on notice. I'm on notice. Get on board. Georgia basketball. UGA basketball. Here we go. Or go away. I hear we got some good recruiting classes coming in. It's happening. Okay. You just made those words up. You haven't heard any of that. You don't I know haven't. anything about what you're talking about. I don't know anything about a dang lick about UGA hoops, but I guarantee you this. I will. You will. you're here. You're, you will. Yeah. We all will. We all will. We're all, we're all on this journey together. UGA basketball is, is headed to places that it's never been. Yep. My Tom job is to, is to try to shut the door on the, on the Daniel train of UGA basketball as, oh. as hard as I can, people. But he's going to bust it through. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Get on, get on board or go away. That was so beautiful. Uh, Tom Crane, guys. Tom Crane. We'll talk much more about that uh, when it's not uh, six weeks till the season starts. Six weeks. Daniel, right, let's get a, into this year's team. Yeah, we have a little bit of a, a, a way to do that. We wanted to break down the roster. We wanted to talk about the team as compared to last year and this year and how excited we are. And so what we did is we, we played this little game. We call it Green Arrow, Red Arrow. Well, what we did is we went through the roster and we said, what are the position groups that we have? And is the arrow pointing up green, so better this year? Or is the red arrow pointing down worse than last year? And how, what's the margin? How, how much better or how much worse did we do so? Scale of uh, 1 to 10. 1 to 10, yeah. So on a scale so of 1 to 10. So 1 being green, a green 1 would be it is only fractionally, almost unnoticeably better than last right. year. A green 10 would be night and day difference. Correct. We were starting players with no legs at this position last year. Yes. And we're starting Roquan Smith at, exclusively at this position this year. Right. We've just cloned him. Yeah, uh, ten times over. Um, so, uh, 
I'll start, and here's here's almost. I'm going to start with the quarterback group, and I'm going to try to explain how I did this. I tried to bring some scientific objectivity to it instead of just subjective oh. gut. I know science, science guy, science guy. That's me. Here we go. So last year, I, so as example, I'm not going to do this for everybody, but I'm going to give you an example of it now. Last year, I gave Jake Fromm. Now this is I, I was conservative with this. I gave okay. him an 83 rating. Out of 100, I assume. Out of 100, correct. So if you were making a college football video game, may it rest in peace, may it rest. But you would have given Drake Fromm an 83. That's what I would have done. All right. Okay. Uh, This year, I think I would start Jake Fromm as an 89. Okay. Okay. Uh, So that difference, I I, instead of adding that to the green arrow, red arrow, up and down, whatever, uh, I have that. And then I said, that's how many points I'm going to give up on it. Uh, and so okay. six points up, half of which is three. And then I, and then I included Justin Fields. Now, oh, I was going to say. Well, yeah. yeah. No, we're not, we're, not, we're not totally done. I didn't have Justin Fields for last year. Uh, so I put him, Clearly. I rated him as an 84. And I said, comparatively to the backup last year, how much mm-hmm. better was he? And that's really hard because mm-hmm. that was our boy, Bryce Ramsey, who was also... No, Jacob Easton was the backup last well, year. Well, not really. Except for the first four games, he was. If, if Jake Fromm got hurt in the national championship game, who's coming in? Okay, all right. It was Jacob Easton. Okay, well, you're, you're right. Uh, but at that point, I, I thought that he was in the locker room putting his Husky gear on already. Well, he probably was. I mean, he's going to play for the fourth best coach in the nation. In the nation, people. Uh, so, so I gave Justin Fields an 84. Uh, I think that was, and it was hard to grade, so I didn't know what to do. So anyway, the quarterback, so I, I left that at zero. I just graded him out. I didn't say improvement any. So I think this year the quarterback is a green arrow, and it's arrow pointing three up is my. See, not factoring in fields at all, because I would maybe say just Fromm's improvement from last year to this year is I could go for three for that it's clear the quarterbacks are getting better nobody thinks the quarterbacks are getting worse uh but not factoring in fields is where i really have a problem with that because fields though we've never seen him except for bob with shoes and in bob with shoes and streams (laughs) though we've never seen him play we know that he's better than the backup was last year if only that he offers versatility and a dynamic, different threat. So you've yeah. got to give him at least a few points. You've got to allow that to kick in at least a few points. So I've got a green arrow five for the quarterbacks, and I feel great about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, running backs, however, is a different story. Different story altogether. Well documented that we may have had some attrition at the running back position. There may have been some graduates who are leaving the program uh, that is not going to positively affect us. And here's the thing. Uh, I'll just cut right to the chase. I I went with Red Arrow, and I gave it the number six. Uh, As did I. Mine is Red Arrow number negative six. I... I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying Swift. Sorry, I'm nervous about Swift. I know last week you you talked at length about how Swift was your favorite player, and that made you nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, nervous. I'm not buying. I, I'm not. It's not like I'm selling Swift, and I'm hopeful for Swift, but I'm nervous about it. I've got high hopes for Holyfield to have yep. a breakout year. Because, good God, have you seen his arms? I was just going to say, did you see the photo of him on a couch and just right bicep bigger than anything else in the room? Wow. Wow. Real deal, Holyfield. Yeah. Uh, We we really need one of these freshmen to step up and be good. We need them to be good. And every year that there's freshman running backs and people talk about Guys, they're the real deal. They're legit. They're going to come in and play right away. Right. They're, they're, they're good to go. Every year, I'm skeptical because I'm a grumpy old man. Uh, and, and, and so far, lately, Todd Gurley, mm. Nick Chubb have done me proud. 
as yeah. true freshmen starting right away. We need one of these guys. I'm nervous, obviously, about Zamir White's uh, yeah. leg situation. And um, what is James Cook going to bring? I don't know. But we have to have one of them. Yeah. Brian Harrion is fine, but he is just fine, and he's never going to be anything but fine. Right. Holyfield probably has a ceiling higher than we've seen, but it's not. It's yeah. not. It's not very high. No. It's not NFL high. No. So, uh, I'm going red arrow six. Run. I think the running back position is going to need to be coddled by the yeah. rest of the offense this season. The O line better be as good as I'm predicting. Uh, it to be. Uh, with that, uh, let's let's go to wide receiver. I, w- I want to go to the wide receiver okay. because I have changed. Let's do that. Clearly, I've changed my rating on this. So I'll tell you what it was before. It was green arrow three. Okay. Uh, so I thought it was an improvement. I have changed and that to green the, arrow. This is this is after the, the Demetrius news of the effect. This is the Demetrius effect. I have changed it to green arrow six. Holy! So you're willing to give Demetrius Robertson two points, but Justin Fields zero. Uh, that does seem that does that seem, does seem like what you're doing. It seems like what I'm doing. But I've seen Demetrius on a field sure, in a okay. Cal uniform. I haven't sure. seen. Right. Uh, Justin, yet. So just I'll to clarify, that. you did say Cal, right? I did say Cal. Yes. Oh, okay. What? Yeah. So I said Cal. So I don't know where Justin Field, uh, what Justin Fields High School competition was like. Do you? But... Do you know? Do you know who was throwing the ball for Cal last year? Because I don't. Fair point. Do you know who was defending Demetrius Robertson last year? Because... Oregon State. <laughs> Have you seen the Bees play? That's yeah. some competitive football. I'll tell you what. Uh, Okay, fair enough. Uh, green arrow six. six. Hit, for as, hit me for, with your breakdown of the wide receiving court. Oh, well, the amount of pure talent and speed alone between Godwin and Ridley, I think I think Ridley's going to show up in a big way this year. That I national got, championship game, man. Well, I, I, got, I got nothing. He came, he came on. I got nothing to prove to you other than my gut. I just got my gut. I think he's going to pull through. I got Hardeman. I got I got all these incredible speedsters, and now I get a guy who can go up and high point a ball like nobody's business and run around and have crisp routes. Uh, I just think this opens up. This this affects everybody, and and I see a, I see a trickle down effect with Jake Fromm in year two. Uh, I like I like it. I do. I I think I just changed my number in the moment. I had it at a green arrow four. I started two weeks ago. I probably started this at like a green arrow one. Yeah. Because well documented, even in the short tenure of this podcast, well documented my uh, affection for uh, uh, for whims. Yeah. Losing Wims is a big deal, I think, for Georgia football. But the more I think about this group, the more I legitimately think this may be the best group Mm -hmm. of wide receivers that Georgia has had since A.J. Green and Tavares King were playing. Absolutely. I really do think that this is a group as a whole – because I do like Riley Ridley. I do. I do. And I yeah. do think you saw something in that national championship game from him that you're going to see a carryover. I think Terry Godwin is as dependable as they come. Yes. Everyone can just forget that he was a five-star and yeah. stop expecting him to be the, you know, Reggie Bush or whatever you're expecting him to be and right. just start letting him be a possession, dependable wide receiver. And he's fantastic. He's Adam. fantastic. That seven-yard stick that he comes Mi- back from is yeah. incredible. Miko is only going to get better. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you add Robertson, who I don't know. We'll see. And then here's the, here's the name for me this year, Clint. Oh, I have this guy circled. I hope you say what I'm, I'm, I have circled right here. Go ahead. Jeremiah Holloman Come is on. my name. Come on. Jeremiah Holloman, I think, is... Big time due 
to emerge as a sophomore this year. I think he's the guy. Uh, I got I got I got one other name, Matt Landers. That I've been on Matt Landers since like ga- since like game one of last season when he was redshirting on the scout team. Yeah. And just the things you heard about what he was doing on the scout team last year, six foot five, big guy. Uh, when I, but I think I think it'll be Holloman will be the guy that we're talking about that was completely off the radar wide receiver wise. But don't sleep on Matt Landers either. I think there are at least Kyrus Jackson, mm-hmm. the dude won the shot put and the hundred meter hurdles as a high school senior. He did just not. Process, process no. the information. He won the state championship in the shot put and the hundred meter hurdles. So, Kyrus Jackson okay. is like five feet one inches tall, and I see. I see uh, yeah. But apparently, the gun show is real. Uh, so he's a, he's a guy. I, I think there are eight to ten guys who could be. I'm not saying I'm happy about this, but this is the last thing I'll say about wide receivers. I'm not saying I'm happy about this. But I think Akeel Crumpton will catch eight balls this year, at least. Stop. Akeel Crumpton may have double-digit catches this year. I'm telling you. He, I'm telling you. Okay. Well. uh, I'm not, I'm not saying I like it, but the wide receiving core, I've got him at green arrow five. Uh, When, when he doesn't even get an offensive snap. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this for you. I'm gonna, I'm just. Please, gonna... please do. I will. Please do, Clint. Uh, he will take an offensive snap week one. I guarantee it. Yeah. You count week special one. teams. Special teams is offense at this point. Is that what you're saying no. to me? No. Okay. no. Special teams is special teams, and he won't play on them. I, I didn't know that offense, you knew the difference because you just said he's gonna beat out everybody else. Okay. Offense is offense. Austin P, watch out. Akil Compton may score. Week one. <laughs> I, I'm not an Akil Compton fan. I don't even. I prefer he not be on the team, to be honest. But yeah. he's going to play. Okay. So. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move quickly through tight ends, and I'm gonna let you have. I'm gonna let you take the lead on the O line. Mm-hmm. Uh, tight ends. I'm going Green Arrow four. We did not lose anyone at tight end. We got two recruits at tight end, yeah. Uh, both of which look to be pretty decently good. One of which could be very good. We yeah. have a freaking super recruit at tight end who is maybe yet to catch a ball. I don't know. Has not caught a pass in his UGA career because it feels like no he hasn't like caught a pass in his career. Someone just throw him the football I see please him, i see him jogging off the field and jogging on the field in in formation subs but i that's all i see i happen my, to know mind. he wears number 18 yes but someone for the love yeah. throw him the football yeah. uh green arrow for the tight ends are only going to get better and i think they'll be utilized a little more so i have them as an improvement over last year i got him green arrow three so we're close uh, uh now let me tell you about what what is going to be the most impressive part of watching UGA sports, and that is five men in unison demolish and demoralize a defense, and that's my O line that I got Green Arrow seven. Seven. Seven ain't, is my number. Ain't, ain't nobody in the top thirty in the nation. Yeah. No. By I, the way, by the way, I'm gonna I am gonna Google. Send me that article because I'm gonna Google. Yeah. Google we can post it maybe name. in the in the notes of the show. Yeah. We'll put in case you're out there and you want to read the names of the lunacy that lunacy. Is, is somehow better than Andrew Thomas. I don't, I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. Whatever. Andrew Thomas. Uh, Sawyer. Uh, mm-hmm. just, just Cleveland. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Wilson. Just the names of the recruits. You just go back and watch their 20, uh, you know, their, their, uh, 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 their opening highlights of the one-on-ones mm-hmm. not getting beat against the other oh, guys. Gosh. Five-star yeah. recruits just putting a palm on their chest and stopping them. And these are coming out of high school. And then to see them play at such high levels and to see the mountain of, again, 6'5", it sounds like the shortest guy on the roster at O-line. And 320 
sounds like an average weight for these for these five. Uh, I give them plus seven, and I'm I am thrilled. Wow. With them. Uh, I mean, the right side of this offense. I have them green arrow six, so yep. I'm right there with you. The right you side of this offensive line is Ben Cleveland and Isaiah Wilson. Clint, that's the right side of Senate. Tell me that DeAndre Swift. When Jake Fromm calls a play in the huddle, DeAndre Swift doesn't just grab him by the jersey and say, say off tackle right, please. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and don't say anything else. Say nothing because else. say nothing else. Somebody put Jackson Harris over there on that same side mm-hmm. and just things are about to get weird over there because there's going to be some defenders who, <laughs> I mean, gosh, that is a lot of man coming right at you. I anticipate throwing a lot of uh, gifts your way of men crying just, just like in my text feed to you after these guys pile drive whole mm-hmm. hordes of people away just in, in full Baker Mayfield pose over there on the sideline <laughs> just head down just weeping balling. just weeping. doing the Baker yep. uh, uh, speaking of the Baker let's talk right. about the least talked about uh, incumbent starter on this offensive line Left guard, Kendall Baker. Kendall Baker. Uh, I'm going to give you three names. Kendall Baker, I'm sure, is a fantastic guy. For some reason, every UGA fan, including myself, wants him to not play. All he does is go out and play well. Yeah. Uh, But everyone just can't wait till Kendall Baker is gone so that someone can replace him. I'm going to give you three names. Trey Hill. Mm Mm-hmm. Jeremy Sawyer. Mm Mm-hmm. Jamari Sawyer, sorry. And Notori Johnson. Remember him? Mm-hmm. I do. Oh, I do. Who is the most likely to beat out Kendall Baker for the starting left guard spot? Sawyer. I disagree. You got Trey Hill? No, I have Notori Johnson. Ooh. I think I think Homeboy's just been eating okay. and working out. For about 400 days now since he's been on campus. Yeah. I think he's ready. We didn't think hear he's much ready. of him at all last No, year. it was a straight red shirt. Yeah. Did not even sniff the two deep. No. You got Justin Schaefer down there as well. Mm-hmm. Who's in the same boat as Notori Johnson. He's a name I did not throw into the mix. Because he's like the Kendall Baker of that class. Yeah. He's like the guy that you sort of are going to be annoyed that he's even on the team, but he may be playing. Yeah. Uh, I think Sawyer's the backup center. Okay. Okay. Today. He's not, I, I mean, practice hasn't even started yet. I think yeah. Sawyer's the backup center today. I think it's Gilliard, obviously, mm-hmm. but then I think Sawyer's the backup. I think either Hill or Johnson will be getting the. Will be getting the majority of the second team reps at left guard, and I think one of them may have a shot to beat out, uh, to beat out uh, Kendall Baker. We'll see. The offensive okay. line is a very exciting. Here's what's most exciting about all of this position: if you threw all of those names into a Scrabble velvet bag and pulled out five and said, "There's our starting five. You'd be I all right. I'm gonna be mad. I'm fine. Nay, you'd be all right. I'd be all right. Give me Andrew Thomas and Lamont Gilliard as two of them, and I'll be all right. I'm good. You put Gosh. you put other you put three other guys out there. We cool. Andrew Thomas himself will just will the O line into unison. <sighs> um, all right. All right. Let's get over to the defensive side of the ball. We should. We've got this broken down into four major categories on defense. We've got interior defense, which includes all fat guys. <laughs> Edge, edge defense, which includes outside linebackers primarily, right. uh, mainly pass rushers. Yes. We've got linebackers on the of the inside variety, yep. and we've got defensive backs, corners, safeties, etc. Let's Correct. start with the let's start with the, the big fellas. Yep. The interior defensive linemen. I've got these guys. This may surprise you. This may be the first point of divergence on the list. I've got a green arrow, and I've got the number five right here. You said five. I think that the interior defensive line is going to be much better. All I hear 
about since I've started paying attention to football-related things because I'm now emotionally healed. Yes. All I hear about is UJ fans worried about the defensive line. Right. But, Clint, why? Why are no they worried clue. about the defensive line? Trent Thompson was a fantastic football player. A really, he got some really bad advice about four months ago. Good golly, so, whoever that was needs fired from his life. Just moment of, yeah, fired, fired from life is actually murdered. Well, not, no, no, so, no, no, sorry. You know that fired right? from <laughs> fired from his life with. With Tom, I see. Yeah, not, not his Tom, Yeah, he life. needs to say we're done. Yeah, we're whoever done. gave Just him the advice to go lose my number. And and John Atkins is a loss. We're taking yeah. on we're taking oh, an gosh. L on John John because that guy was eating up blocks. I get it. People who talk about interior defense love to say the words eating up blocks. Sure, I get it. Fine. But let me just start with some names. Okay. Yeah. Julian Rochester. I love him. Jay Hayes, the transfer from Notre Dame, uh-huh. who I'm, I'm up on. I'm high on. Oh. Jonathan Ledbetter, who I consider to be an interior defensive lineman, even though he said he might, be, might play some, yeah, some Russian this year. Yeah. David Marshall. Yep. Malik Herring. Hello. Who's, who's the guy that we have not seen much of, have seen a little of. But he's a guy that I am expecting a a hit. Jeremiah Holloman and Malik Herring, I believe, are going to be the two guys this year. When you look at sophomores, that you're going to say, "Huh, that guy really came out of nowhere." Well, you, have, uh, you haven't said my boy yet. And no, I haven't said Tyler Clark yet because huh. you sometimes you got to save something for huh. for the end. Because Tyler Clark, you can throw the stars out the window. I don't know nope. what he was rated, and I do don't not care. care. Not one bit. That guy has bad intentions, and he destroyed some folks last year. As the season wore on, he got stronger, he got smarter, he got better technique, and he just started murdering offensive linemen. And I expect nothing different. I expect him to put his hand in the ground and Uh to destroy people. The dump truck technique of him putting fist to jersey and just lifting up like he is taking a tray off the food cart uh, is incredible. Yeah. I, I love Tyler Clark. I have the, the interior D-line as a plus four. I was actually thinking you were going to go low. Uh, hmm. I put him at a plus four because I'm the same. The interior D-line uh, I am thrilled with and I, I think we'll be just fine. We'll be, we'll be better than last year. We're losing some like paper talent if you were to just go off that. But I think this group is going to be far yeah. better. Um, Devontae Wyatt, name we yep. haven't said yet. Uh, Those transfers are going to be huge. Daquan Hawkins Muckle has one of the funnest names to say in the SEC. I so want to hear ever, our boy on on the on the network at noon that kicks off. I want to hear him say that. Uh, gosh, I don't think he's going to be. Able if to you're ever that. if you're ever just feeling a little low, just say the name Daquan Hawkins Muckle. It's it's fantastic. Can't help but laugh. I'm I'm here for that. Uh, interior defensive line, I think, is going to be a strength of this team, if not only because they will spend all camp going up against what we believe to be the strength of the team. Uh, talk to me about the guys on the edge, however. Right. Now, here's I, this is a little different, so I, I, I'm going to have to give a caveat. I gave edge as a green arrow plus three. Okay. Here's why. Talk to me about I that. I think last year, and for now two years, well, Leonard Floyd is, is I think, a little different, but we have had high expectations for the edge. And last year I had high expectations. Uh, I thought uh-huh. we were going to have sacks of six uh-huh. or more. Uh, I thought we yeah. were going to be harassing people, uh-huh. and it never materialized. That Notre whatsoever. Dame game was fun. Well, no, oh, yeah, that. But. But other than that, it, did, it just went away. No, it just went, went away. So I think, I think with with some edge rushers, we got we got Robert Beal, DeAndre Walker, okay, uh, coming okay. off the edge. Uh, I, I think David Marshall, uh, Brenton Cox. I, mm-hmm. I think we have a good chance. I gave him a green arrow plus three, and that is because I expect something better. I expect for somebody in that group to lead our team in sacks this year. 
which was not the case last year. Last who year, led our team in sacks last year? Well, who, who, who else? Oh, okay. Who else? Well, who else? Just who, who led, our, led team. our team last year? Who led who our team was the last head year coach of the team? Right. Basically, Smith is what we're saying. Six, yeah. six and a half sacks. Did you know that? Six and a half. I know that I know that I scared my children a lot yelling when he yeah. did that a lot. So I, right. I would have guessed some number up there. Uh, edge defenders is interesting because on the one hand, I'm agreeing with some of the things that you're saying. I was disappointed in the edge rushing. Um, I think Jarvis Jones has ruined edge defenders for me for a while yeah, because that season true. he had, he was an absolute monster. That game against Missouri is the greatest single performance by an edge rusher at Georgia that I've seen in a long time. And so I think he he has really ruined me. But, yeah, uh, Lorenzo Carter, l- look, we don't even play in the national championship game last year if it's not for Lorenzo Carter. Uh, Davin Bellamy and Lorenzo Carter, we don't win at Notre Dame if it's not for those two guys. And so give them all the credit that they deserve. But Lorenzo Carter was a bust. Yeah. He, he did not live up to the expectations that we had for him, which maybe were unfairly too high. Maybe sure. he will go on to have an incredible NFL career. Maybe somebody, a Belichick-type mind, will get a hold of him and turn him into a stud. God knows right. he has the physical tools to do it. And yet... Uh, I gave the edge D this year a red arrow, and I gave it the number five. Oh, so that is a word. significant difference between. And let me tell you why. You didn't even name the name of the person that I'm most excited about on the edge this year, and that's Walter Grant. Right. Walter Grant, I think, is the bright spot coming off the edge. DeAndre Walker has a lot to prove to me. I am not buying stock in DeAndre Walker right now. Prove me wrong, please. 15, go out there and do your thing. Prove me wrong. I would love that. But he's got a lot to prove to me because I've not seen – to, to his credit, I've not needed to see consistency out of him because there have been guys starting in front of him. But uh, Jonathan Ledbetter, did you catch this? SEC Media Days said that they're playing him in some outside linebacker in what he called big packages. To me, I interpret this as a concern for the outside linebackers because why is is Jonathan Ledbetter playing outside linebacker unless the current crop of outside linebackers is suspect? And so I'm nervous about what we've got coming off the edge. Walter Grant, to me, is the only sure thing. I think DeAndre Walker has the highest upside uh, of the non-freshmen. I think you get into, who knows what Adam Anderson's knee is going to be like, but Brenton Cox, I think, has a great chance to play early and to play often. Uh, I think he could be our best offensive line, uh, our outside linebacker by the end of the season. I think Beal has a chance. I think Ojolari has a chance. Keon Brown is a sleeper he's a senior that's why you've never heard of him uh he's got dreads that cover his nameplate on the back of his jersey so you don't even know who he is when he makes a play yeah but keon brown is a name to watch out for at outside linebacker Uh, but i'm nervous this is a group that i think i will be pleasantly surprised by because my estimated leader in sacks this year on georgia's team has three maybe three I don't think we're going to be, and I think it's going to be Tyler Clark. I think I don't think we're going to be a team. I think we're going to be a team that destroys the middle of the pocket. But on a passing situation, when they block the line, I don't think I don't think we're going to get that much pressure on the quarterback. So okay. I'm nervous. Well, this is the big. This is the biggest uh, difference in us, and, and we'll have mid-season. So give us something have, to talk about. Give us something yeah. to talk about. Uh, okay, let's talk about the inside linebackers, and let's make this real quick because I got red arrow negative nine. Wow, you well documented, folks. <laughs> Clint's love for Roquan Smith. It's I mean, not... let me let me tell you who right now is the only surefire thing at inside linebacker today. If we were to go play today, we all know who we it got, is. You don't want to say it. We got Monte Rice. It's Monte Rice. 
It's absolutely, it? it's absolutely Monty Rice. Monty Rice is a guy that I love. I love. I him don't for- think his ceiling is super high. No. It could be. It could be. He could surprise us. But um, I got Red Arrow five. I'm not jumping off the cliff like you are because oh, yeah. I am really buying Monty Rice. Uh, I'm not that excited about Natres Patrick. He, nope. I said DeAndre Walker has a lot to prove to me. Natres Patrick has a lot to prove to me and has nothing to do with his recreational habits. No, I, it has to do with his football that. playing, right. uh, which is not great. Nope. Uh, so Jaden Hunter, uh, I, here's a hot take, Clint. I'm not convinced... I want to believe it, but I'm not convinced Nate McBride is a football player. I, I think he is a fantastic sprinter and loves hitting the wedge on kickoff. But Outside of that... Prove, prove us wrong, Nate McBride, because... Please do. I was so excited about you. Oh. I'm not... And it's only he's only a sophomore, so yeah. there's, got, there's got a long way to go. But when you're talking about Jawan Taylor or Tay Crowder uh-huh. getting significant snaps at linebacker, it's a red arrow five for me. Okay. So uh, defensive back, I've got green arrow. I've got four. Who the heck knows anything about our defensive backs? I have no idea what to put in this category. Uh, it's obvious addition by subtraction for some. So Malcolm Parrish, happy trails to you. See you uh, later, buddy. Losing Dom Sanders, I know he is a very controversial figure in the Georgia fan community. There are some of you out there that believe that Dom Sanders is addition by subtraction. There are some of you who believe that Dom Sanders is one of the best safeties that we've had in a long time. I'm somewhere in the middle. I think it hurts a little bit to lose Dom Sanders. I understand he was out of position on some plays that you may or may not have watched. Uh, But overall, I think there's young guys there. I don't really trust any of them. I don't even really trust Richard LeCount. I sure as heck trust. I sure as heck trust J.R. Reed and DeAndre Baker. Uh, But I really more so just trust Kirby. So uh, we've got young DBs, Speed, uh, Stokes, uh, this guy Tyson Campbell. If he comes in with half a mind to play, Mm -hmm. I hope. That he can contribute. Uh, I trust Kirby to get us where we need to be with the DBs. So this is Green I Arrow have, Four, and it's a it's wishful thinking. I have Green Arrow Four because I think Kirby's going to get smart with Gibbs, LeCount, Reed, Gibbs. Speed. Uh, I I think he has some bullets to play with back there to load up, and I think he's going to yeah. be just fine. Uh, Green Arrow Four. Uh, special teams. What you got? I got I got Green Arrow Seven. Because because another year I got Daniel. Here's the only reason I got Green Arrow Seven. I got another year of old of old Coke bottles. Rex Max coming out there just. and just booming kicks for days and I couldn't be happier. So thrilled. Uh you realize special teams has other aspects than just place kicking, right? Don't care. Who's the punter? I don't care. You don't you you literally Jake, you don't care. Marshall don't Long, care. if you're listening, Marshall, prove us wrong. Marshall Long is not good at punting the football. No, he's not. No, no he's, not. he's not, which is a shame because he's a scholarship punter. Uh I have Red Arrow two. On oh my this gosh. Because, Daniel. because here's the thing. Hot Rod is gonna he's gonna be hot rod. We can all be excited about that. I think we'll be worse at punting than we were last year. And I think we'll be worse on coverage than we were last year because how could we be better at coverage than we were last year? We were were the best coverage team in America, and a lot of that had to do with people like Sony Michelle, with people like Roquan Smith, who played every play of coverage, with people like Lorenzo Carter, who played every play of coverage. We lost a lot of studs who played a lot of coverage. We're going to have a lot of guys filling some shoes that makes me nervous. Uh, but what about the return game? Because we got another. We year. didn't have a single return right. for a touchdown from Miko Hardman. If you had made me bet money, yeah. I would have lost a lot of money that Miko didn't take one to the house last year. You were waiting for that. I was waiting all year for that. It's, it's uh, going to happen. No, he's going to return gonna this year. I don't know yeah. that he's going to return this year. He I think it's going to be somebody like Kiaris Jackson or somebody like that. I don't think. 
Because I, I, I think Minkle's too valuable. I don't know that he's going to return. And I don't know that I disagree with it because show me something. He didn't show me much last year. He showed me some moves, but... All right, so all told, I have that as 11 points better than we were last year. If I tally up all my green arrows and the numbers, if I tally up all my red arrows and the numbers and add and subtract, I have our team overall roster as 11 total points to the green. What have you got? Um, you, you did, so you, you combined offense, defense, and special teams. I added everything up. Okay. Positive uh, numbers I, for the green, negative numbers right. for the red. And you came up, what was your total again? 11. I have us as uh, 11 points better. I got us as 14 points better. You're clearly That's, the homer. So I'm clearly not, the homer, 100%. Just I am Mun- so Munson long. over here. Nah. Uh, <laughs> I don't even care. Ben Cleveland and I. Ben Cleveland, if you're yeah. listening, let's be friends. I'm sure you are. <laughs> uh, the question is, Clint, do you really believe that? That's how the numbers came out. You're the science guy. Do you really no, believe that we I, are 11 or 14 points better on this roster than we were last year? I don't. I don't I, either. Not I don't. One bit. I think. I think if you were to tell me, I think I could agree that we're 11. If I took your 11 just for the offense, I would agree. I think. I think it's going to be a long suffering season on on defense. on defense i think it's gonna be a long suffering i think if you have expectations for last year it will be but no. i think we're still gonna be pretty dang good on defense no, we're gonna be okay we're, we're i gonna think be, we're gonna, gonna be, be pretty dang good but but i just i i think there's gonna be in some positions where we're going going to be needing the defense to come up big for us and they're not gonna be able to Ooh. and then we're gonna have to rely on the offense to come up big uh we are definitely not 14 points better than last year because we had some incredible players last year we did all right, well, there's the roster breakdown. We've got the whole season to see how dumb we are uh, and to break down all those it. games. Clint, we are just over the hour mark already. Um, so let's get, to, let's, let's get to some trivia. I got some trivia Do you have for a you. trivia? You have a trivia question for us today. I do. And here's what I want to do. I'm actually going to give you the opportunity to play the game. I have questions. I have stat leaders from last year. Okay. And some numbers shot. I happen to know who led us in sacks, so ask me that one first. Yep. I, that, 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 list, that is off the list now. It was one of them, but I gave that to you. So you can either guess a number, and if you're within a threshold, I'll give it to you. Okay. Or we can play over-under. I will give you a number, and you have to guess if it's over or under that number. Do I have to guess the person who did this, or you're going to give me the person? I'm give you the person and the stat. You have to give me the number. Over-under, I'll... Over, under, how many are there? One, two, three, four, five, seven. Over, under, I'll get six. Easy. Oh, okay. Roquan Smith total tackles. I have no idea. I'm not going to get six. <laughs> All right. Uh, give me a hundred. A hundred and twenty-eight. If you had said a hundred million, I probably would have said over. So, <laughs> hundred and twenty-eight. I'm gonna go. That's a. That is a crap load of tackles. I'm gonna go over. 137. He had 137 tackles last year. I knew you couldn't, but you couldn't oversell Roquan Smith. So I did. That was an easy one. That was a layup. Uh, It was a layup. All All right. right. Uh, Jake from passing yards. Okay. 2,815. I think he was under that by about 200 or so. You did not just do that. You nailed it down. He had 2,615. Hello. Hello. Two for two. Okay. Sony, Sony, our boy Michelle, average yards per carry. Okay. 7.2. For the season? For the season. He was under that. Just barely. He was over 7.9. Wow. Isn't that 7. Point, I told you, DeAndre Swift, he better he better keep that average up if he wants to be a running back for Georgia. All right, so this let's isn't go to Nick. Colorado. <laughs> Nick okay. Chubb. Nick Chubb, average yards per carry, 6.5. 
Uh, I knew it was going to be lower than Sony, so, but that much lower? Uh, what was Sony? 7.9? 7.9 was Sony. Yeah, I would guess next was right, was around 6. So I'm going to say under. 6.5. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Monroe is crushing this right now. 6 was the yards per carry for Nick Chubb last year. 4 for 5. That's, in, that's incredible. Let's do this. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to throw up. Who was the second on the team in tackles? Last year. No, curveball now. Yeah, I, I sorry. Uh, I was it Roquan Smith's jock strap? <laughs> was, was he second on the team in tackles? <laughs> because nobody else really matters, do they? Trick question. Roquan uh, gave half his tackles to somebody else, still came in second. <laughs> Who was it? Um, second on the team in tackles. Mm, I'm gonna say it was. Ooh, this is hard. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say it was J.R. Reed. Golly, Daniel, crushing this. J.R. Reed. Was... <laughs> by the way, by the way, the second person, the closest to to Roquan Smith, 79. <laughs> he had nice. 135. One, yeah, 137. Okay. Um, I, I had to go with uh, your boy Wims here. So, yards caught by Wims over under 680. Yards caught by Wims. Yep. He's over 680. Javon Wims hasn't been under anything his entire life. <laughs> I, Don't I was, at me was... about Javon Wims if you're not a Javon Wims fan. We're done. All right. All right. Now, this one, was this it, one was I Was it you... actually over? It was over. It was, was 720. Right? Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. And this last one was just, just fun. How many passing attempts did Bryce Ramsey have last year? Bryce Ramsey was on the team last year? We're sure about that. <laughs> uh, as, as far did as you do statistics... The research? As far as statistics have told me, he was on the team last year. How many – all right, when did Bryce Ramsey get into the game? He definitely got into the game. I remember him a couple games. How many? What's my uh, – you got to give me a window. What are you going to give me credit for here? I don't have to get it on the nose again. You got to get it on well, – I'm going to say he had – I'm torn between three and five, so I'm going to say he had four passing attempts. Daniel, we're done playing this game because – Did I, he have four? just – he got four. Four Kill passing attempts last year for Bryce Ramsey. You crushed that trivia. Well done. Fantastic. All right. Well, we are. that is our time. We are spent. As always, if you're listening, we appreciate you listening. Uh, you could really help us out by subscribing to the podcast on whatever service you are listening to it on right now. You could leave us a rating or a review on that service apple podcasts google podcasts soundcloud um and we will be back on the early part of next week